I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to Car Stuff. I am Ben. And I'm Scott. And today we are going to talk about something in the dead of winter. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, very topical for right now, don't you say? Mm-hmm. Yes, I hope it's not too topical for any of you listening out there, because today we are talking about car batteries, why they die in winter. Uh, interesting piece of trivia, a car battery failure is the number one cause of a breakdown, at least in the United States. That is interesting. I bet a lot of people end up having to call a tow truck and have them mm-hmm. get uh, come out there for a jump because they don't have a second car available mm-hmm. uh, to you know, provide the extra extra juice that they need to get it going. Um, that is, if they can figure out that it is the battery that's causing the problem. Right, rather than something else. And the, another problem that you can have is that awkward conversation with strangers in a parking lot. Mm. You know, when if you have your jumper cables, it's still awkward. And if you don't have jumper cables, it's doubly awkward. So I'm just going to reiterate something that I have said for years now, Scott, no matter how new your car is or how reliable you believe it is, always have Scott and Ben's recommended car survival kit in your trunk. Including jumper cables. Yes. It makes it so much easier when you're talking to somebody at a parking lot. If you say, all I really need you to do is this, just park close to my car mm-hmm. and I'll take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. But if you have to also ask for jumper cables, then you've uh, greatly narrowed uh, the people, the group of people that you can draw from in that parking lot, because not a lot of people carry them. Hopefully you're one that does, though. Yeah. And it's strange to me because I feel that jumper cables, at least nowadays, jumper cables should be included in the car when you buy it. You know what I mean? The same way a spare is. Yeah. I wonder if that's uh, something that they're doing now. Maybe. That'd be nice. I know that some I know that some models have uh Electric chargers, you know, that you can hook up pretty easily. Sure. Uh, But good old-fashioned car-to-car jumper cables, got to have them. Yes, definitely. 
Got to have them because car batteries die uh, when you least expect them. Murphy's Law is, of course, in the DNA of all uh, batteries that you use. Uh, when you need them the most, they are the most likely to fail, right? Or that's how it seems. And you know what? I've, i got to tell you that uh, I've re- recently replaced a couple of batteries mm-hmm. in, in the two vehicles that my wife and I drive. Mm-hmm. Me too, buddy. Her battery in, in their Honda Element it lasted exactly what the battery said it was going to be good for. If it was a 60-month battery or a 48-month, I can't remember what it was, it lasted exactly that amount, and then it was dead. I mean, I could tell that it was going just beforehand, so I replaced it uh, preemptively, you know, just before it was just totally dead. Now, there were some situations where, you know, just having a, a, a dome light on uh, to look at a, a map or whatever, not a map, I guess, that'd be kind of old school, but huh. to look at something in the car, to read something in the sure. car and then turn it off, and uh, and suddenly the car wouldn't start. And we're talking about like five minutes with an accessory on, uh, with uh, without the engine running. Just drinking the and, juice. And huh? the car would die. So you knew that the battery was gone at that point. And really, it was within like um, you know a matter of a couple of weeks of when that that uh, that sixty month was up. Ah, well, I guess that just makes it even more important to stay on the ball about this because we're talking about not a lot of people having jumper cables. But uh, even fewer people keep an estimate of their battery's warranty or how long it lasts. And that's why this catches a lot of people by surprise. Well, it's got that handy little sticker on the top that you're supposed to, uh, you know, scratch off the numbers or, or letters of the, the month and the year yep. when you put it in. Yep. And hopefully that guides you. You know, you, then you look at the battery itself and it says 48 months, 60 month, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And hopefully you can use that to gauge whether or not your battery is new, old, uh, you know, on the on the verge of sure. uh, of its own self destruction. Now, of course, car stuff listeners already do that because you, ladies and gentlemen, are in the know. But it's a shame to say a lot of people don't do that, and even more importantly, a lot of people don't actually know what a battery is or how it works. Mm-hmm. So, what we're going to talk about today will be why lead acid batteries specifically tend to die in winter. And that's a relatively quick answer, right? I mean, it's it's pretty short. So I think what we'll do here at the beginning of the podcast is that maybe we'll describe how a lead-acid battery works in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, a very basic description of, you know, the parts of the battery, what's going on inside, because I think there's a lot of mystery about what's actually happening inside a battery. We've talked a few times about, you know, how to uh, how to kind of quickly restore power to a battery using distilled water and things like that. You know, some little tricks here. Right, right? yeah. Clean the terminals with, with different Coca-Cola. chemicals. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> how, to, how to get it back on the road. But, you know, as far as the operation of the battery, you know, what's happening inside that, uh, that big plastic case, I, I think yeah. it's a mystery to a lot of people. And it's weird because this is a very old technology, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Lead-acid batteries haven't changed that much since before the 1900s. Hmm. That's interesting that uh, something is, it's held on that long. Now, I know that we're kind of moving towards some electric cars with lithium-ion batteries, right. but we're not really talking about those today. Um, we're we're going to focus on lead-acid batteries, you know, the rechargeable kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess that's maybe because that's what's typically found in a car today. I mean, I know that there are some out there that have lithium ion at this point right but uh, we're going to kind of go with the general uh, lead acid at this point and then maybe later we'll get to uh, you know some of the effects of cold weather on lithium ion batteries but not today so let's take a look inside of a lead acid battery let's do scott let's do an audio cutaway you know how you can see the visual cutaway all right so if you're not driving close your eyes and picture this right if you are driving 
Keep your eyes open. And uh, still picture this. And still picture it, yeah. So every single lead-acid battery is called a lead-acid battery because it has a few things in common. Uh, first, there are these flat lead plates inside that plastic box. They are immersed in a pool of electrolyte. And interestingly enough, regular water addition is required for most types of lead-acid batteries, but low-maintenance types come with excess electrolyte, hmm. which is, you know, supposed to compensate for water loss during the normal battery lifetime. Got it. So uh, we know that these lead-acid batteries, of course, are in all kinds of applications, including uh, marine industries. But right now, we are talking about the specific kind in your car. So, uh, Scott, take it away. What What's the magic in that box? All right. So here's what's going on. All right. The outside, I mean, the outside's pretty pretty clear. I mean, it's a heavy-duty plastic shell, mm-hmm. and there's a positive and negative terminal that, that you can see. And there's also um, a couple of vent caps, usually, in the in the type that are maintenance. And then there's, I guess, the maintenance-free that you mentioned, mm-hmm. which you're not really supposed to open, but I think you still can. I mean, it's still a vent cap there. Right. Um, they're not, you're not encouraged to do that. So if you're tempted to do something like that, you know, talk to a professional first and make sure that, you know, that's something that you should be doing or you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I mean, that's what it looks like on the outside. It's really simple. The positive, negative terminal, the plastic case, et cetera, the vents. But the idea is that, it, you know, through these terminals, it sends a flow of electrons, uh, to the headlights, the radio, the wipers, the AC, the interior lights, the starter motor, which is probably the most important of all these things. Really anything you can switch on when the car is not running. And when the car is running, that's a different situation. Okay. So, right. you know, if you imagine that you're, you're parked, Anything you can turn on with a switch or, or a knob that is, you know, powered or sourced from the battery, then once the car is, you know, running, mm-hmm. then it comes from somewhere else. Power windows, radio, uh, your heated seat, your chair massager. I'm just making things up. All that stuff. And you want to make sure that's all switched off, by the way. We'll talk about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all right. So inside. Now, this is where the, where the magic happens, Ben. Inside, <laughs> right? And, it, and think about this. Now, try to picture this. It's split into separate... Um, yet connected cells. Now there's six cells in a typical 12 volt battery. And these cells, think of them as like chambers, different chambers inside there, right? And each cell contains two sets of electrodes, uh, with overlapping metallic plates. You mentioned the plates, right? Right. There are eight positive plates and eight negative plates within each cell. So there's 16 total in each cell. Mm-hmm. And these plates form a grid. And the bigger the grid surface, the more power it can generate. And in this grid system, you know, there's a positive grid and a negative grid. Uh, the positive grid is covered in lead dioxide, and it carries electrons in, if you want to think mm-hmm. about it that way. Yeah. Uh, the negative grid is covered in lead, and that releases electrons, or it allows them to flow out. Okay? So, uh, let's see, the plates are, are submerged, as you mentioned, in a chemical bath, and, and that, that bath, or that uh, that electrolyte mixture, yeah. is about, I mean, this is going to be rough numbers, because it's a little bit greater, a little bit less in some situations. Mm-hmm. We're ballparking. Yeah, about 65% water, and about 35% sulfuric acid. Mm-hmm. And that's the dangerous stuff. That's the stuff that uh, is real highly corrosive. If you get it on your shirt, on your pants, um, you know, like even blue jeans. Yeah, when people say battery acid, they're talking about that sulfuric acid. Yeah, that's right, exactly right. You have to be very careful with it around your skin. Um, it'll eat right through your clothes and then mm-hmm. into your skin. So be very careful around this yeah. stuff. It's really, really caustic. Um, and now the the key to why all this works is is the chemical reactions within those cells that are repeated over and over and over again. These different chemical reactions that happen. Um, as the battery is draining itself, because that's what's really happening when you're using the battery to start the vehicle. You're draining the battery. So the bath of water and the sulfuric acid acts as this electrolyte, which is 
basically just a substance that conducts electricity, right? Mm -hmm. And as the battery discharges or unloads its electricity, the acid bath reacts to the chemicals on those different plates. So think about, you know, the, the lead oxide, then lead, then lead oxide, then lead. You know, so it's positive, negative, positive, negative, over and over again. It's reacting between those two. Mm-hmm. And the electrolyte bath, which, you know, combined with these plates, releases particles called electrons. And that's what we want the electrons to flow through this battery, right? So when the electrons start moving through the uh, through the grids, they create electricity. And that's, well, that's exactly what we want. So in the first cell, the electrons are flowing from the positive grid and out to the negative grid and then on to the next cell because those are connected as well. So the the, the cells are connected as well. So it's one, mm-hmm. two, three, four, five, six, right? Mm-hmm. And the lead and lead oxide covering the electrodes at this point has been chemically transformed into something called lead sulfate. Yes. So there's this chemical transformation that happens in your battery as the battery is draining. And I'll tell you what why that's important in just a minute, right? Mm-hmm. So... After that first cell, remember there's six of them again, there's about 2.1 volts of electricity generated in that first cell. And then it moves on to the second cell. And that cell does the same process again, really super fast. And it gains about, you know, another 2.1 volts. So now we're up to 4.2 volts. And that goes on and on and on mm-hmm. through the end till we finally get to the end of the sixth cell where there's about, and this is again rough, about 12.6 volts, which are released. Uh, to be used by the starter motor to to crank the car over. Right, and when the battery is almost fully discharged, the plates are also almost completely covered with this lead sulfate, and the voltage is dropped to 10.5. Exactly right. So, you know, it's just it's putting out all of its power just to turn that starter motor just so that the engine cranks over, right? So it's great if you can, you know, turn your key and then the uh, the motor starts quickly mm-hmm. and uh, and no problem at all, right? I mean, it's, right. it's something that happens really fast and it's back to the recharge state, which I'll talk about in just a second. But um, once once the engine is running, the fuel system is what keeps the engine running and the alternator then takes over, you know, mm-hmm. takes over the, the, the charging system. But what it does is, you know, as far as feeding all the accessories and all that other stuff that we talked about, the lights, the AC, the heated seats, all that, right? But then what it does is it it uh, it puts the battery back into a, a state that's, uh, I, I guess, regenerating. It's regenerated itself. It's recharging itself. Right, yeah, because the neat thing about lead sulfate is that it can be reconverted back into lead and sulfuric acid so long as that discharged battery connects to a battery charger pronto. Well, yeah, and the battery charger is actually the, the alternator. alternator. So the electrons coming from the alternator cause the chemicals on the grid to go back to, I guess, what we'll call a normal state, you know, back yeah, to back yeah. to lead dioxide and lead. Square one. Yeah, and, and the battery is recharged and, you know, ready to put out its 12.6 volts of electricity again, you know, the next time you turn the key to start the car. But that has to happen while you're driving. So you have right. to, see, you know, this is the worst thing for a car is if you start it, let it run for about just a few seconds and then shut it off. And then you mm-hmm. start it, let it run for a minute or two and then shut it off. Or, yeah. you know, short trips across town, you know, like we're, we're only driving three or four minutes at a time, mm-hmm. your battery is never reversing that chemical reaction inside. So you've uh, you've got a bunch of, uh, what is it, lead sulfate? Yeah. In your battery, and you don't have it, it hasn't converted back to lead dioxide and lead again, which is kind of like the uh, the natural state. Of, and I don't want to say natural, but maybe the resting state sure. of it or the normal resting state of it. So the problem is now for the dead, the dead battery thing that we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. If you leave your lights on overnight or if you don't, know, you, uh, you leave them on for a short amount of time if you got a weak battery. Um, the chemical reactions only happen in one direction. They go out through the negative terminal, and the battery drains itself down without recharging at all. You've got a dead battery, so there's not enough voltage. 
the next time you need to crank over the starter motor because that takes a lot of power. I forget how many amps it takes. It's like 200 to 400 amps. Um, again, 12 and a half volts roughly to start that starter motor. It takes a lot of electricity to run the electric motor to start the, the internal combustion engine mm-hmm. that continues to run then that, uh, that then recharges the battery. So this whole system is reliant on your battery, the chemical reaction going back to the way it was when you first started the vehicle. And that takes a drive of, you know, maybe 20 to 30 minutes, something sure, like that. Sure. It takes a long time. And in the wintertime, that can take even longer. Right. So we have explained some of the chemical composition of the lead acid battery. And great job, Scott. Yeah, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap so you can wrap it up. I saw you, I saw you lean back yeah. and yawn there. Uh, <laughs> so now let's talk about that horrible moment, which I'm just going to, you know, I, I'm just going to imagine without looking up a statistic that this has happened to every single driver listening to our show. And if your battery has not died on you yet, consider me the ghost of Christmas future, my friends, because it is going to at some point. It does happen, and it doesn't always happen in the wintertime, but it seems like the wintertime is when you see a lot of neighbors out, you know, out in the driveway with the, the hood up. Yep. Or in a parking lot somewhere where, you know, the security officer has to come over and give them a jump start. Now, so, so why is that? Yeah, yeah. And is it, is it just some, um, old wives tale or something or is it true do batteries really tend to die more in the winter it's true my friend it Mm -hmm. is true but there's a uh but there's a good explanation for why winter is so difficult on batteries and it's not necessarily winter right yeah it might not be the answer you expect you see while car batteries do tend to go dead in winter it doesn't mean that the cold weather itself is necessarily the the main criminal here. It's just the trigger man. Yeah, that's right, because heat is actually the battery's worst enemy. So in the summertime, when your uh, your car's parked out in the uh, out in the uh, sunshine, you know, with the, the sun sure. bearing down on it, yeah. and you know how when the surface of the car, it's like 200 degrees, it feels right. like. It's so hot that if you have leather seats and didn't put a windshield uh, shade up that you can't get in mm-hmm. for a few minutes, yeah, those high temperatures quicken the corrosion of those internal lead plates and they vaporize that electrolyte mix faster yeah that's right so your bat the the stuff inside your battery the liquid the electrolyte the uh the sulfuric acid in the yeah. water the water of life is uh it's it's not boiling away but it's getting hot enough to the point where it's starting to vaporize and, and it comes out that vent mm-hmm. slowly very slowly obviously yeah. but um it goes away and that's why you end up with a uh with a drained battery you know when and the older batteries the maintenance type uh, when you open them up and you can see that it's low, you know, you can see that the, the fluid level is low. You can refill it. You can, yeah. I mean, you could refill it with water, but you're supposed to have a little bit of uh, sulfuric acid as well, yeah. which is dangerous stuff. I mean, I know they sell that, you know, pre-mixed and everything. You can add to it, but um, a lot of people like to just top it off with water. And I guess what that does is just dilutes the whole thing so that you end up with more water, mm-hmm. a higher percentage of water. It's the same thing with, like, a cooling system. Yeah. You know, you can... You can get by on just water for so long, and then you know you definitely need that coolant in there. And for there will be consequences. Other reasons, yeah, exactly right. So you know, the thing with uh, with the warm temperatures doing more damage to the battery, you don't really see that until the winter time. Yeah, until uh, winter hits. Yeah, and the reason is, you know, that the, on modern engines, it takes a minimum amount of cranking before the engine starts. So. It's not like the old carbureted cars where you have to pump the gas a few times and sure. then and then turn the starter for a good 10 seconds and try to get it to go. And, you know, that's draining the battery the whole time. On modern cars, they start relatively quickly, and that masks the problem 
Uh, whereas in the past, you might have known, well, okay, my battery's dying because it's a slow start. You know, you can hear it really chugging as you're, as you turn the key for three or four seconds. In modern cars, you just really just touch the key to run and it, or to crank and it goes. Yes. So here's something that we should also look at, which is that when a cold battery has reduced cranking power, you know, when we, we haven't talked about cold cranks yet. Cold no, not yet. Cranks. Um, but another, Contributing factor will be the oil in your engine, mm. the viscosity of your oil, because the cold water, uh, excuse me, the cold weather makes your oil uh, a bit more molasses-like. Oh, definitely. Have you ever tried to pour oil in winter? Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. You ever tried that, like uh, to add oil to a vehicle? Because I've oh, had yeah. I've had some really bad cars where I had to add oil all the time, right? Yeah. And uh, in, in particular, there was one that I was using really thick oil in, anyways, which is probably not the greatest thing for wintertime. But no, um, trying to add thick oil, normally thick oil, to a car in you know the dead of winter. I mean, talking like January in Michigan or February in Michigan, really, really cold. That stuff it pours out like maple syrup. I mean, even thicker than that, like cold maple syrup. Um, it's, it's incredible how thick that oil gets. And you know that inside the engine, it's like that. It's like this, yeah. not sludge. I, I don't want to say sludge. It's like, um, uh, it's like it's trying to go through a syrup. It's almost like trying to go through 
caramel or something, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's, it's incredibly thick. And, um, you know, the thing is, like, you know, your battery's going to work that much harder. The, the starter motor's going to have to work mm-hmm. that much harder to, mm-hmm. to crank over, you know, because the, all the internals have to get churning and chugging through that stuff. It's just, yeah. it's, it's really, really difficult on your battery. And this is when it shows up, you know, this is the time when it shows up. Oh, uh, here's a bad comparison or simile I've got with this. Okay. All right. So imagine your car battery like an amateur marathon runner, mm-hmm. right? And just runs all year in this unending marathon. During the summer months, uh, what's happening to your, the marathon runner in your hood is that they're running on a level, on a level track, right? And they're sweating a lot and they're getting a little bit worse for the wear. They're getting dehydrated. They're wearing down, but because it's a level track, it doesn't seem as bad. They can power through it. Mm. Boom. Winter hits and the grade of this track changes. So now they're struggling uphill and they're weaker. And it's really no surprise that at some point they don't make it up the hill. Just give up. Just Give up on you. Not bad, Ben. I get it. It's not great. Not great, but it's, uh, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. I get it. I understand. I understand perfectly where you're going with this. And, you know, there's a couple other factors, too, that we should talk about. Yes. It's not just the, uh, not, not just, just the, the, oil. the thick oil, of course. No, there's also the power output of your battery drops or slows mm-hmm. yeah. because when, in, the, when the temperatures are colder, remember all those, um, those chemical reactions we were talking about? Uh-huh. Those slow down as well. So the chemical reactions are much slower. And, uh, the, so the power output from your battery drops. And, you know, that combined with the oil, it could cause quite a problem. But also the ability to accept a charge also drops in your battery. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's slower to recharge while driving. So, you know, you may have to take a longer trip in order to get the battery back to where it should be. Drive around the block for a while. Because those chemical reactions work the other way as well. And, you know, mm-hmm. colder temps, it's going to take a lot longer to recharge. Mm-hmm. And then also, this is another thing, and this is uh, something that a lot of people won't really necessarily think about. But it's huge. The... The loads that are placed in the battery mm-hmm. and the whole charging system, really, in general, increase in the winter months because you're using, you know, it gets darker earlier, so you're using your lights. You got the heater on because it's cold. Yep, that's right. You got the heated seats on because it's cold. Mm-hmm. You got the wipers on because it's snowing. Yeah, the rear window defroster is probably on. Um, you just, everything is used a lot more and it's being mm-hmm. used to the maximum. So that's important to remember, too, that all these extra things are being run by the charging system in general, and it's going to take a lot longer to get that charge back into the battery. And here's a piece of trivia that we hope you find as interesting as we did. It's a another factor here. I'm just going to read from the AA's website. Uh, that's Automotive Association, not Alcoholics Anonymous. Not the other AA. Not the other AA. And uh, here, here we go. Add in the fact that many cars stand unused over the Christmas holiday, and it's no surprise that the first day back to work after New Year's is always one of the busiest of the year. Really? For is the be- AA. Is that because uh, because cars sit unused for, uh, you know, maybe 10 days at a mm-hmm. time while people are not going to work? And they're out of town or yeah, something. Yeah, they're just kind of sitting at home watching movies in their, uh, their fuzzy, you know, pajamas and... Mm-hmm. Uh, hanging out by the Christmas tree or whatever. I bet that goes for airports as well when people drive and park in long-term parking and their car won't crank when they get back. That's true. I bet that happens mm-hmm. often. And yeah. just imagine if you left a uh, left a door just slightly cracked open or something. Oh, you know, and God they, uh, forbid the interior dome light is on. Yeah, I mean, uh, one day and that's done. You know, So you're gone 10 days. Of course, it's completely dead. There's no chance that car is going to start. So you know, there's a, there's a lot of reasons that a car battery will go, will lose power, will go dead, I guess. Sure. Um, there's parasitic draws, you know, that's small loads that are used to power electrical 
electrical devices like clocks and electronic mm-hmm. control modules and things like that when the ignition is off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that happens all the time. So if you're not driving your car frequently, like you said, even these parasitic draws can uh, can cause a lot of problems over long periods of time, I guess. Um, you mentioned inactivity and storage. Now, I think that I've heard also if, if the car is not going to be used for 30 days, that you should disconnect the negative battery terminal. I've heard that many times. I've heard that, too. That's good practice, I think. And now, now that does screw up a few things in modern cars. So, you know, you might want to check, you know, to make sure that uh, that is something that you can do in a modern vehicle because mm-hmm. it'll reset, you know, modules and all kinds of stuff. So uh, look into that one if you have a modern vehicle. But an older car, feel free to disconnect the negative battery terminal and it's fine. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, also, incorrect storage. Um, if you're storing your battery, um, if you store it, uh, you know, on its side or something like that, you, that's just not the way to do it. You have to store it upright. Um, and this also goes for, you know, the place that you buy it. Make sure that it's still being stored correctly. It's not laying on its side or upside down or something crazy like that. I don't know if, I don't even know if you could lay it upside down. It might drain out if you do that. Um, but if it's not in the upright position, it's probably not, you know, functioning correctly at that mm-hmm. point, even, even right from brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, Temperature, of course, that's what we're talking about today. I mean, you know, the uh, lower temperatures, they kind of, okay, here's here's the way probably best to describe this. High temperatures, like we talked about in the summer months, they accelerate aging and even self-discharge in, in some cases. Um, lower temperatures do slow aging and self-discharge, but the battery delivers less starting power when it's cold. Right. So, you know, it's this kind of back and forth, like what's the perfect temp for your battery? And that's difficult to live in that type of climate all the time. Mm-hmm. You don't have the choice, really, and it's where you live. Yeah, you, you have can't to have a just vehicle. make Michigan not Michigan. Yeah, you can't uh, say, well, I have to move to San Diego because it's always 72 and sunny there. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I have to live there because my battery will last, you know, the full amount of time. Sorry, family. Sorry, uh, <laughs> friends and bosses. We're going to St. Kitts. <laughs> yeah. And the last thing is... Uh, Customer driving habits. So, you know, like short trips, like we mentioned, you know, where the battery um, is prevented from getting back to its full recharge state. Mm-hmm. That's really, really bad for your car. So, um, you know, cars like taxis that sit idle, you know, that sit in idle for a long, long time, uh, they sometimes have, an, they'll generate enough heat that the that the heat under the hood of the vehicle will damage the damage the battery as well. Right. And uh, I'm reading these from a, a site. I should mention who I'm reading this from. It's uh, East Penn, Canada. And it's called Batteries 101, and it's an excellent read for anybody who has a lot of questions about batteries because I'm finding a lot of good info there. Oh, and speaking of good info, of course, we will not end the podcast on a down note, so we'd like to uh, close out maybe with some good tips about how to prevent these sorts of inconveniences and or disasters from occurring. And I'll go ahead and say uh, one of the best ones is a battery warmer for cold weather or something to coat it. You know what I'm talking about? Not a bad idea. Yeah, that's that's just something that we have seen reported as reliable for right. cold weather. Almost like a uh, like an insulation wrap, maybe? Yeah, yeah, hmm. exactly. Interesting. I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen one of those in use. I've seen things like block heaters, you know, for uh, for big diesel engines and things mm-hmm. like that. But uh, I don't think I've ever seen a battery warmer. Well, a battery wrap. Really a battery is wrap ba- is a better word. Oh, okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, right, like a like a jacket. Yeah, it's just an ins like a jacket for your battery. It's just an insulated sheet of plastic that preserves the battery warmth. You wrap it around the battery, leave it overnight, and of course remove it before you start the engine. Yeah. Oh, good idea. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, don't leave it on in the summer. You mentioned an engine block heater. One of the great things about this is it warms the engine in oil, and it keeps the oil from 
sludging up on you. Yeah, from becoming that, that thick molasses type mm-hmm. of stuff that uh, yeah. is difficult to crank, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, I think we've mentioned age, right? We've said that, oh, uh, yeah. you know, if it's more than five years old, you should definitely replace that battery because that's about the maximum on these batteries, uh, these, mm-hmm. these lead acid batteries. Um, but it, the thing about that is that it's far better to do this uh, preemptively, you know, to uh, to do it at your own convenience rather than wait until you're stuck on the side of the road or you're stuck at the mall parking lot. Because we can promise you, if you wait for the battery to decide when you replace it, it will not happen at a convenient time. No, it will not. It's, there's never a convenient time for this to happen, mm-hmm. right? Also, think about this. Um, you know, we mentioned... Uh, leaving your car alone or letting it uh, letting it sit for long periods of time. If you have a vehicle that you store and you do want to keep the battery connected, you know for whatever reason, sure. You can also get a um, a battery charger, a, um, a battery conditioner, I guess, maybe a trickle charger. I think uh-huh. is what they call yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these trickle chargers are pretty pretty cool devices. I mean, I've seen a lot of them advertised. Definitely, I'm going to say this, Ben. You, you definitely need to go with a brand name on these things. Uh, you know what? Get, get a good agree. one. You have to get a good one. You get what you pay for. Yeah, and you know, if you have a car that you know you you drive in the summer months only, you know that kind of thing, um, just invest in a trickle charger for that battery. Even if you're going to put it on a shelf somewhere, just have a trickle charger hooked up to it. You know, something that won't overcharge the the uh, the battery because if you overcharge it, that's a far different problem. That's that's a really big issue. So, uh, just don't do that. Yeah, um, here's some obvious ones too. If I, I'll just throw these out because sure. we already have mentioned them before. Uh, one thing to always check is for corrosion. Which is such a basic thing, but a lot of people, you know, if your battery is possibly the cause of your car not starting, you're in that mall parking lot, it's snowing, it's December 24th, and you just finally got that toy your kid needs, and you're in panic mode, because how are you going to get home and wrap everything, and oh, Christmas is ruined, then you might forget to check for corrosion. Yeah, definitely. You know what, I've... I can't tell you how many times this has come up. You know, we're in a, back when I worked at Chrysler and they, we were doing service training. Yeah. Um, so many times every, this would come right down to the battery. And one of the first questions, there was one guy there that always asked this question of, of whoever it was. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a, an electrical problem, the first question was, when was the last time you had the car serviced? And a lot of times they would say that it was serviced, you know, two weeks ago or a week ago. And I've been having this problem ever since. And they would check the battery connections and it would want to be loose. There'd be a loose, uh, loose connection on it, a loose terminal. Yeah. Or not terminal, but a clamp on the terminal. Right. And it was either that or corrosion, you know, it's, so yeah. and it's a simple, simple thing. It, it really doesn't take more than 10 minutes to get your battery in really good shape for winter, summer, or whatever. Just keep it clean. All you have to do is just discon, you have to loosen it, take it off, take a little wire brush and scrub it and then add some, uh, dielectric grease if you want to. Sure. If you don't want to, that's fine. And you can even clean the terminals and the and the clamps with mm-hmm. uh, with you know different chemicals that they make for this type of thing. I mean, sure. it's it's easy to do. It really is. And you can even buy little insulating um, washers to put on top of the terminals. And um, it's just it, it's so simple to do. And once you do it, a lot of a lot of the uh, the little gremlins might be cleared up in your vehicle. You know that you thought you were having some kind of major electrical problem, but right. it was just loose battery cables. A lot of times, that's what it is. So, uh, let's see. I think that's about all I have. What about you? I think the, the last couple of little tips that I want to give yeah. them is real simple. These are, these are very, very simple. Um, first one is, uh, it's just called, I guess we'll call it load in general, right? It's oh, minimizing accessories. Well, check that everything electrical is turned off when you park. I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, it, it makes sense to just check to see if that dome light is off or, yeah. you know, when you, when you shut the doors, make sure that all the lights go off because if they don't, that means that one door is kind of ajar and that dome light's going to remain on or check mm-hmm. to make sure that the trunk is fully closed because 
there's a light in there as well. And if you have USB hookups or you have a phone charger plugged in or something like that, be aware of that as well. Yes, yeah, especially in the cold weather, because as we said, you know, if the if the charge is going all one way, this chemical chemical reaction is happening just in one direction and it's not replenishing itself. Uh, you're going to have a problem the next day. I mean, really quick, especially in wintertime when it's really, really slow, right? And the last thing that I want to mention, Ben, I think I, I kind of wrap it up here, I guess, is that, sure. um, and I'm a, a big proponent of this. I mean, I, I always do this when I when I shut my car off. I make sure that I turn the, the blower motors off. I make sure that even the radio is switched off. I make sure that the wipers aren't going. Mm-hmm. Make sure the headlights are off, of course. Make sure the rear wiper's not on anymore. All that stuff, right? And what that does is the next time when I get in the vehicle to start it up, it makes sure it makes sure that all that energy, all that juice is going to just the starter motor and not trying to run the wipers, the the blower motors, the heated mm-hmm. seats or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and it's just a simple, simple thing to do, but it makes sure that all of that power goes right to the starter motor and you're sure to get it to start. And that ultimately is the guide to how to handle your battery dying in winter and verifying that it is true. It's not just you. It's not just your perception. Yes, more car batteries die in winter. And now I'd like to give a shout out to our super producer, Noel Brown, on the ones and twos as always. Noel, I'm going to ask for a weird sound cue here. Could you give us like a, um, could you, could you give us like a, an announcement music of some sort? Perfect. How does he always know? He always knows. You could ask for anything, and he comes up with it. It's Literally amazing. anything. Yeah. Uh, so here is one of our first announcements. If you want to learn more about winterizing your car, we do, of course, have a podcast on that and step-by-step guide to how best to prepare for winter. Now, for all of you up north and all of you living in uh, countries that are conventionally colder than the U.S., you guys already know a lot of it, but... St- Tune in if you haven't heard, because there might be a few surprises. And we have one other big announcement, which is that you and I are actually going to take a little bit of a vacation. Yeah, very short. And it's, uh, it's just for the holidays. I mean, it's nothing like, uh, nothing like we're going to be gone for a long, long period of time or anything, but, uh, we do need a little bit of a break, kind of, uh, recharge our own batteries, right? <laughs> there we go. I see what you Ah, <laughs> yeah, I did it. Didn't you I? work usually bad jokes are my, uh, in oh. my repertoire. Mm. Uh, not that it was a bad joke. Oh, thank you. Wasn't your best. It clearly was not. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, so we are going to be putting up some of our favorite past car stuff episodes from 2013, right? Just a couple. Just a couple. Just to get us through the holidays. Mm -hmm. And then we will be back after the holidays with not only some new audio, but some new video for you as well. That's right. We're going to start out the new year strong. We are coming back with some uh, some pretty good podcast topics. Uh, let's say some really good podcast topics, mm-hmm. Ben. And, uh, and some video, like you mentioned. We're going to have uh, all kinds of stuff happening in the new year. And we'd like to hear from you. Let us know which sorts of topics you would like to hear about more in the future. Uh, stay safe out there this winter. Visit us on Facebook and Twitter if you're uh, inclined to play on the social media because we have some other interesting stories coming up. You can see every podcast we have ever, ever done on carstuffshow.com. And if you'd like to send us an email, we're game. Our address is carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com.
I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's That's right. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good? But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.